No doubt you'd like your kids to grow up to become amazing, successful, and happy adults. I mean, that is the end goal of being a dad, right? To set your kids up for success in life. So are you doing it? You probably are. And yet, you want to know now rather than find out later. Becoming better parents, partners, and people. This is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm excited that you're listening today. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi, and I started Positively Dad to be a resource to you. See, most support that's for parents out there is designed for mom. We're here to support you. And we do two podcasts every single week. This is our Monday episode where I talk with someone who's going to help us grow as a parent, partner, or person. Naomi will be on at the end of this episode. She joins us at the end every Monday for the Kids Corner. It's her little podcast within the podcast. A lot of fun. Then on Thursdays, we do our Dad Talk series where we talk to a dad about being a dad. Those are fantastic, so go back and listen if you've missed any. Now today, we're looking at our kids and how we can help them grow up to become amazing people. Our guest is Audrey Monkey. She's the author of Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And she runs Sunshine Parenting and has been in the summer camp business for three decades. She had this realization one day that summer camp could be a really great parenting model, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm sure you went to camp as a kid, and there was so much at camp that mimics real life, a lot of social interaction. You got teamwork. You you win the tug of war or lose the tug of war. You've got, you're really independent. There's, you got a job. You've got to clean this or help cook or whatever it is that you're doing. And uh, so she's going to share some ways that we can bring camp back home. And I think it's pretty genius stuff. So let's jump in. Audrey, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, James. Well, I'm happy to have you. This is, this is when I found out about your book, I got really excited because I've always thought my job as a parent is to raise someone who becomes a really awesome person. And your book's about that. So it, it's called uh, Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And this takes your, your background as like, you know, this big time camp counselor. So tell people a little bit about you and a little bit about your book, and then we'll jump in with some tips. Okay, sure. Um, so as you said, my background, I'm actually a, a camp person. It's my career. I started as a counselor during college and then ended up buying the camp where I worked. Um, and so it's been my husband and my business for uh, 35 years. And so I've been working at the summer camp. I've been working with literally thousands of young people. And what's really unique about summer camp is it's not like high school or junior high where you're kind of focused on one age group. We have all the way from six-year-olds to 15-year-olds in our regular camp program. Then we have junior counselors who are older. And then our counselors are these young adults, 19 to 25. So I've had the privilege of just getting to know so many amazing kids and young adults over the years and working with them. And then also their parents. And um, so I've had sort of a first or a front row view to just changes and what's going on with kids. And um, about probably, it's probably about 10 to 12 years ago, 
I found myself shifting in kind of where I wanted to put my time. And I realized that all this time that I put into preparing our trainings for our counselors to be really amazing with their kids in the summer could be really helpful for parents too. Yeah. So I started um, my website, Sunshine Parenting, and just started sharing really basically simple strategies, ideas that we train our counselors every year to just create these really awesome experiences for kids. And it resonated with a lot of parents. They really, you know, appreciated sort of a positive message, not about like how terrible everything is and what's going wrong, but little things that even camp counselors do that can make life more fun raise kids who are more responsible. So anyway, it all kind of led to eventually a podcast that I started about four years ago and then my book. That's so cool. I imagine that, I mean, you've got to see some pretty awesome things and watch these kids grow. And then the, the counselors really, I mean, they're parents during that time that the, that the kids are in camp. So yeah, you're teaching parenting lessons. So what are some of the big ones that, that you know, our, our parents need to know about how they can, because I, I guess the thing is, summer camp is supposed to be so fun and great and you have social issues and you do have challenges and, and fun. So what are the lessons from camp that we can bring back home besides s'mores? <laughs> well, there's so many. Um, I would say probably, I mean, I start my whole book and it's sort of the, the foundation of just about every talk I give or anything I do that if you only do one thing, it's to form a close relationship with your kid and be there for them and, and focus on them as a person, not on them, you know, for their achievements or their appearance or those kind of surface things. I think, you know, the world has become sort of a, a hard place and we really need our homes to be places where kids just feel this deep sense of calm and that they are accepted just the way they are and that they belong and that they are loved and that people are there for them even when they mess up. So I think it's just that connection piece uh, with our counselors. One of the great things about camp is the expectation is that you're coming for relationship and connection. And so everyone's primed for it. But our counselors are taught that their first job, they are not a sailing instructor. Their very first job is as a counselor and their role is to get to know their kids and form close relationships with them. And, um, and that really goes for parents too. Honestly, I think a lot of times parents, you know, we're with our kids a lot. We spend more time with our kids than any generation of parents ever. Um, but what are we doing during that time? A lot of times, and I'm, you know, myself included, we're nagging them, directing them what to do on their homework. We're, you know, coaching their soccer team for them. We, we do a lot. We spend a lot of time with our kids, but sometimes we forget just to check in with them. And, yeah. um, and so that's one of the counselor's jobs. And one of the things I write about in my book is just getting into the habit of at least once a day, just checking in with your kid with no agenda. So it's mm -hmm. not do you have homework? You know, where, what are we doing tomorrow? It's, Hey, you know, what's going on? You know, what was, what was the high point of your day? Or, you know, is anything bothering you? Is there anything I can do to help you out tonight? You know, whatever, just being um, a person and connecting with them as a human, not as like a, somebody needing to do something next for you. Well, and Audrey, if, if your kids feel connected to you, they're more likely to tell you things that you definitely want to know. And I think that's what, what you say in the book is if, if you go back to summer camp, if campers don't feel accepted, included, and valued, then nothing else we do at camp matters. Well, the same would be 
in your, in your relationship with the family. If your kids don't feel accepted, included, and valued, then what kind of relationship do you have? Right. And, and since this is, you know, family and home is where kids learn about relationships, it also really impacts their future well-being. So they need practice at relationships, which are hard. They need that practice at home. And so, so I think that's my one thing. Like, I mean, people can, you know, you can have dirty dishes in the sink. You can eat fast food too often. You can, whatever, forget an orthodontist appointment. That stuff really doesn't matter. But if your child knows that you're there for them, and that, that you love them just the way they are, even though you get frustrated with them sometimes. Mm-hmm, right. um, you know, that's, that's just kind of the key thing. And I think, I don't know um, how, old your, how old's your daughter now? She's eight. She'll be eight, eight. a week from yesterday. Yeah. So, so my kids, I have five kids right now. Oh they range from my youngest is 16 and my oldest is 26. And I will tell you that when they get to that point where they're older and they're living more of their own life, you still want to have like that relationship with them. And you want it to be that they know that they can share with you even things that are kind of scary that are going on with mm-hmm. their peers and, and at school. And we want to be those people that they do feel like they can come to and open up to and, um, and that will be there for them. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we help really get a, develop a connection with our kids? Well, very simply, we all need to slow down. Um, life is kind of just ramping up. We all are trying to do fit more into every day, whether it's our work day or our family life. And honestly, like if everybody just slowed down a little bit and got a little more downtime as a family, that would improve everybody's well-being a lot, parents and kids alike. So, you know, even if you just have, you know, family dinner or evening time where you're reading together or playing a game, just kind of slowing down and like just doing things that are off screens, you know, go outside, play basketball in your driveway, go for a walk. I mean, just take it down a notch. This this running around in our cars to one thing to the next is just... It's not helping us or our kids uh, feel better or really get anywhere faster. Like, you know, where are we trying to go? We're trying to go. We all want like a happy, well-adjusted life and kids who are kind, but we often don't live day to day with those values at the top. Yeah, that's what actually Catherine Reynolds Lewis, who was on with us, said the same thing. She said, we are, we are doing too many organized things. And uh, we've got to slow down and just hang out. And I feel like I'm just having this aha right now. Like that's what camp is. You have organized stuff at camp and there's just a lot of hang out and relax and just live lifetime, right? Absolutely. We spend a lot of time, um, you know, we're walking slowly between activities. We're every single meal and also our campfire. There are four times a day where we are just chatting with each other with no distractions, nowhere else to be. So it's just a lot of really intense and fun connection time. And it's just part of our day and part of the structure of life. And, you know, it's not realistic. Families are not going to be like summer camp. I know that I have my own family. So, but we can bring a little bit of that home. We can have something once a day that's like that where, hey, this is our time to just hang out together. And even if it's just 20 minutes or a half an hour and you just check in with each other, that can make a huge difference for how connected your kids feel 
and how open they'll be to sharing, you know, both the good stuff and the bad stuff going on in their lives. That's great. Mealtime would probably be a good time for it. I, we did one one time where they said it doesn't have to be dinner. If breakfast is the meal, breakfast is the meal. And I think you would advocate that as well. Spend some meal time together and share, right? Yeah, absolutely. Although I do, I have a friend and it's so fun because just recently she shared that this was really meaningful to her. Um, several years ago, she was struggling. She was uh, recently divorced and she has, um, you know, teenage, two teenagers. And then I think at the time, like a fifth grader. And she really was, she's so intentional and she wanted to be sure they were spending time together. But her oldest son, who was, I think, 17, wanted to work out a lot. And um, he was working out in the evenings. And, you know, we ended up chatting and I said, you don't have to sit down to to dinner together. Why don't you have like evening cocoa and cookies time or tea mm -hmm. and fruit or whatever, and just have a time, you know, maybe it's at eight 30 at night before everyone goes to bed and you're just checking in with each other. And she said that that changed her family's life because mm -hmm. she was feeling like it needed to be dinner, but dinner wasn't really working for the schedule of her oldest child. And so she readjusted. So it doesn't have to be a meal, but people do tend to gather around food. <laughs> so, yeah, so right. oftentimes if you have something, um, it's, it's better than it's better if you can't have dinner together than yeah, breakfast or getting together for a game or reading right. time or right. whatever, but something that's daily, I think is really yeah. key. The consistency is key. It doesn't make, yeah. It makes sense. I think the fun thing about camp is you're just, you're just doing stuff in between meals. Uh, isn't that what camp is? We're going to have these meals and we're just doing stuff in between and how fun would that be if your life looked that way? Okay. I want to go to another one from the book that I really liked that, that got me excited. That was your secret number four, which is all kids can be more independent, even the clingy homebodies you said, right? And helping them figure out how to solve things. I'm sure you have kids dropped off at your camp that this is like the first time they've been away from mom and dad for any long period of time. And by the time they leave, they have completely had a breakthrough on stuff like that. Yes, definitely. A lot of parents will say that their, their kid just seems different when they pick them up, like more mature and they've changed. And it's really has to do with, I think in the camp setting and really anything, when you think about it, like when a kid goes to preschool for the first time or kindergarten, anything that's away from their parents, is an opportunity for kids to start practice doing some things on their own and see what they're capable of. And it's very natural for us as parents when we're with our kids. You know, I look at my 16-year-old son and sometimes to me, I still see his little baby face. You know, I, he's my baby, you know, he's my kid. So I don't see him the same way that the world might see him. So when he's in other settings, he'll step up and be his best self. So not to say that, you know, kids need to be away from their parents all the time, but I just will, I will say that there are benefits to letting our kids do things without us. And even if that's going fishing with another family or doing an outing with another family, sometimes our kids will do more for themselves and start making more decisions only when we're not there kind of scaffolding them. Yeah, I, that's what you said is that if uh, let at camp, they're allowed to stumble and trip, experience discomfort and difficulty without concerned parents swooping in to save them. Mm -hmm. How do we do that at home? It's, it's really hard. It's really hard because your instinct from the second your child is born is to protect you know, all that stuff. And there, and it's a good instinct because, you know, when our kids are little, they do need us to stop them from, 
running in front of a car or touching a hot stove. There are things that our kids need to be protected from when they're small and when they get older, but the things mm-hmm. change and we need to change our style. Um, I recently had Christine Carter on my podcast. She wrote a book that just came out called The New Adolescence. And this one phrase and concept she talks about has really stuck with me. We need to practice moving from being our kid's manager, which is like when you think about a kid when they're little, you're managing everything. You're figuring out their food. You're getting them to bed at the right time. You're managing their whole life. You're setting their schedule to being their coach. So you think about that process of you're still there for them. You're very supportive. You're still available to help them learn something new that they haven't learned, but you're not doing every little thing along the way. So you're moving from manager to coach. So as a parent, I think what that looks like is allowing the normal stumbling blocks to just play out. And that is, you know, that's just simple things like they forgot their homework. Let them just face the you know, embarrassment, the, oh my gosh, I forgot my homework. Oh no, I have to tell the teacher. I have to deal with this. Uh, Better for them to do that when they're in third or fourth grade. Yeah. Start learning. And it's really hard because you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I I see the homework. I could just run it over there. It's so easy. And it feels, it feels mean to not do something like that. Like, right. But that's like those, those are those stumbling blocks where they'll never learn if you always bring, you know, if they don't have to think about it and it doesn't cause them any discomfort at all to forget their homework because you always bring it for them. Think about what that translates to, you know, 10 or 15 years later at work. Do you want your kid to be the kind of person who can't follow through or doesn't remember to bring something important to a meeting? No, we all want our kids to learn that skill. So it's like the kind of the little stumbles, I think we just have to let them happen more. And those are just, you know, they forgot their instrument for band. They, you know, forgot some, a lot of it is just like forgetting stuff, which kids do. Um, You know, but I think also just, you know, when they say, you know, they're in, you know, they're 10 years old and you say, Hey, it's going to be kind of cold tonight. Don't forget your sweatshirt. And they choose not to bring it. Right. That's okay. That's okay too, because you're not, you know, you don't want them to learn that that you're going to tell them every time that you want them to learn that they need to start remembering for themselves. So that's kind of, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I remember a story. Somebody said, you want your kid to put their jacket on to go outside and play because it's cold. And you say, put your coat on. They go, I don't want to put my coat on. Well, then let them go outside. And in about a minute and a half, they're going to come in and get their coat. Um, and if we're raising people who are going to be thriving adults, we've, they got to figure some of this stuff out on their own. Absolutely. And, yep. and I think, you know, people underestimate what kids can do. I yep. mean, there are very young kids, you know, six-year-olds scrambling eggs as an example. Oh yeah. Naomi you know? does. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, she'll, she'll say, okay, don't, don't come in the kitchen. I'm making dessert. I mean, she's been doing that for two or three years awesome. and, and she'll bring us something. So yeah. And, and I think that, you know, th- this comes into the dynamic of then, well, how were you raised? Right. Because I was raised with a lot, I mean, a lot of independence. I did, I did my own stuff. I don't think that my wife necessarily grew up in that way and no way is right or wrong. It's just, what are you comfortable with? And at the end of the day, if we're going to raise kids who are responsible and are great adults, then let's give them the space to do it when, when it's safe and okay. I think, I think that's the lesson from you on that one. Yes. And then I think also, you know, they need structure. 
Yes. And well, boundaries. Yeah, and that so, was the next one. Yeah. Because you said we've got to still have expectations and routines along with independence. And so I wanted to ask you, how do we do both of those things? Well, it's that, it's those setting those guidelines and expectations very clearly. A lot of times we haven't talked to our kids about things that are important to us. So, you know, as they get older and they have more independence and they're doing things away from us, we need to be um, clear with them what our expectations are, you know? So take something as simple as driving, which, you know, my son is taking his driving test tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Good luck. So we have been really clear with all our kids with driving that when you drive, it's as my parents used to tell me, you're, it's basically a weapon. You could kill someone with that. You know, they could, if you're not paying attention, if they're, someone's in the crosswalk or a bike, or you need to be, you know, very much paying attention. Um, no phone can be, you know, near you, even though you see all these other adults driving around holding their phones right in front of their steering wheel. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so, so our expectation is that you will never touch your phone while you're driving. And, that is, you know, that's our expectation. And, you know, the consequence for not, you know, being a safe driver is for us, you lose that privilege of driving one of the cars that we have here for you to drive. Sure. So, um, and then also like with driving is a really great, I mean, that's one of those milestones that once you start driving, that also means that, wow, you are able to go places on your own. So you also are getting to be more of an adult. You can start going to the market and picking up dinner once a week and cooking it for our family. So adding, you do get these more freedoms as you get older and more independence. And along with that comes, you know, normal adult responsibilities as well. So I think it's just being really clear. It's not just, oh, you're 16, go drive wherever you want. Here's the keys. Like that's too much. That's not enough structure. So it's not becoming permissive because they're older. It's changing the rules and the structure so that they have the scaffolding they need to be successful without being like smothered. Well, and they'll make good choices this way. And that's, you know, what, what our goal is to, to help teach them how to do that. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Another one I like from you is, and I think this is important. We, we are in a world that I, I, I guess we probably actually have a more positive bias when it comes to things. Cause we probably want to get along with people, except I feel like as parents, we might do a really good job of pointing out all the things we want to correct. And um, so being purposeful about what are you doing that's awesome? How are you being great? That's probably pretty important. You talk about that in a chapter as well. Yes. I mean, we're all, it's, it's, it's a known thing that our brains are wired to see what's going wrong, not what's going right. And that was, you know, from way back when, when we needed to run away from a lion. So there's, there's good thing. That's a good, it's good wiring when it alerts us to a danger. But what the problem is, is that as parents, we tend to, you know, we'll see our child's report card and we'll hone in on the one C. We're not going to see, you know, the three A's, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, it's just how we're wired. And so to just be aware of that and to really consciously practice pointing out and noticing the good things that our kids do every single day that we sort of just assume, oh, they're just supposed to do that. So they do that. But like at camp, I always tell the story. It's so funny. Like when, you know, you get a group of campers, you have these 10 kids. Can you imagine having 10 like nine-year-old boys and you're That's, supposed to be getting yeah. them from point A to point B? So we tell our counselors, you know, a lot of times like some kids aren't, you know, won't be listening to you very well. So what you want to do is say, okay, guys, it, let's put our shoes on. It's time to leave for horseback riding. And so 
three kids start putting their shoes on. And you say, Johnny, Sam, Oscar, awesome. You're putting your shoes on the first time I asked. That is so cool. Thank you for being such good listeners. That's it. You're not saying to the other seven, why aren't you putting your shoes on? I've told you seven times, put your shoes on, get your shoes on. Because when you think about it, that's the wah, 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 wah that our kids right. start hearing from us. Yeah. Um, you know, us increasing our volume or repeating things doesn't actually get our kids to do things better. <laughs> but when they see that we notice good things in them and in others, that gets them perked up because they think, oh my gosh, am I really in a place where someone's going to notice when I listen, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to only notice when I don't listen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for camp counselors, it's, it's critical because they can't be naggy parents. That would not be fun to go to camp and have someone acting like a lot of parents act, which is the nagging and repeating. So I think that that positive pointing out the positive and noticing the good things about our kids is something that I think we can all do better at. Um, yes. Even just sitting down and reflecting, like when you think about your daughter, you know, you were talking about her cooking or that she wants to surprise you with dessert, you know, to, to write her a little sticky note. I love sticky notes because they're super easy and just say, oh my gosh, it is so thoughtful of you, how you like to make dessert. It just, you know, makes our day so much happier when you do that. Yeah. So pointing out character traits that you notice in your child is so important because, you know, so many kids are very much fixated on kind of what has been diagnosed wrong with them. You know, they have an attention disorder, they have a learning disorder, they have whatever, you know, they have, people are very attuned to telling them and diagnosing them for things that aren't going as, as expected. But oftentimes we don't say to that kid who may have an attention disorder, like in a classroom, that they bring so much fun and energy to their soccer team that the team would not be the same without them. Mm -hmm. So I think just as parents sitting back and instead of like stressing about what's wrong with our kids, yep. we can really think about, okay, well, so this is an area that's a struggle for them, but what does it bring that's positive? What is even yeah. the thing that people think is a so-called negative? You know, cause a lot of, a lot of things come with both, right? You have a strength that can also be a weakness and vice versa. So, okay. So you called me out when you said increasing volume and repeating things <laughs> doesn't help our kids get better. And I feel like sometimes as a dad, that's what happens. I'm repeating okay, do this, okay, do this, and then the volume goes up. All right, so then the opportunity would be, why don't I write a, a sticky note for her when she comes home from school that says, hey, I'm really proud of the fact that you made your bed today without, you know, just because. Yep. Something like that to, to, to point out the times that she does it. Yes. And uh, you know, it's a goofy example. I have an eight-year-old, so that would be the example. Although for probably your 16-year-old, this might be a problem to make the bed. Um, to point out though, when she does something that's an expectation versus nagging her when she doesn't do it. And then that behavior is gonna continue. So there's two notes I'm gonna start writing. One is, I'm so proud of you for making your bed. And the second is, thank you for making me dessert because I'd like for both of those things to happen daily. Amazing, yes. And, and I think you will find, just like managers and people in workplace find that what you reinforce continues, Yes. right? So Duh. if you yeah. want someone to do more of something, you point it out, you compliment them on it, you let them know that it's noticed. 
so much, so much of the time, like we're trained that, like if you work in any workplace and you have any people to manage, we're taught that all the time, catch them doing something right. Make sure you're giving feed positive feedback, you know, in addition to the, the critical feedback of things they need to improve with parenting. I think we lean towards or tend towards more of the critical feedback. If we yeah. don't check ourselves and be really conscious, because honestly, most of us were raised that way. Uh, yep. You know, our parents weren't like, wow, I really noticed that you made your bed. Yeah, you know, right, <laughs> like, right. yeah. no, that didn't happen. No. And, and the, the research shows though, that's a better, that's more effective. It's a more effective parenting style. And, um, and so thanks for helping us. All right. So as we wrap up, I have two questions as we wrap up. Number one, have you had kids who came to your camp at six that, you know, come year after year and have become counselors for you? Because I imagine that if working in your environment, They've got to love it. They've got to love being a part of that. Has that happened yet? Oh, so many times. Over these 35 years, I have, we have kids who've grown up at our camps, been a counselor, and are now sending their own kids. Oh, my goodness. So it's, um, it's definitely, you know, you know, some people think like some people went to camp one time and had not a good experience, whatever camp and, um, and think they're not a camp person. I really believe there are a lot of different kinds of camps and, you know, there's arts camps and there's all kinds of different things for kids with different interests. I really do think there's a camp for everybody and that kids will benefit from it. Um, and if you find a place that you love, there's a real benefit in community. I think people jump around a lot. They're kind of wanting their kids to get all these experiences. So they do, you know, like a volunteer thing and then a camp and then a sports thing. And then they, they do all these things trying to like kind of build this childhood resume of like what I got done. But there's a real value in being part of a community that you know and love. And that's one of the things that, that I think is really important. And same like with a family, it's the same idea. It's a place to come back to where you're just like, ah, oh, I'm home. Mm -hmm. And that's how, how kids feel at, at many camps, including my own, where they're just, they get there and they're just like, this is my place. I can be myself here. Yeah, that's great. And then to, to wrap up then, I guess, what's the take home message you want these dads to hear based on your experience? Well, first of all, I think dads are doing an awesome job. So hooray to dads. Um, my own husband, super, like we've been, we've been tag teaming this thing since the beginning. He's really, you know, he's a, he's a great dad. He's very, um, I'm a little, as you can see, kind of excitable and, and, you know, enthusiastic. He's very calm. So it's, I really love how our kids, they kind of like turn, they call, they call us both, but they often will call him for just that, you know, that, mm -hmm. that quiet advice. Um, mm -hmm. So I would just say to dads, keep up the, the connection. You're really, really important for your kids. And a compliment from you is really powerful, like really powerful. So um, I was at a, ta a parent talk, my last, my last story, and then I'll stop. But, um, and a, and a mom kind of dragged her husband to my talk. Like he wasn't enthusiastic about coming and he's been writing his kids sticky notes ever since. Yep. And it's been a powerful, positive thing in their home. So even just that, just, I just think dads should know that they're awesome. They're, they have such a, and a powerful influence on their kids and a compliment from them is really, really goes a long That's way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Audrey, how can people connect with you if they like? The book is Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids to Become Thriving Adults. How can they find it and find you? 
Well, the book is just wherever it's in on, it's in bookstores and on Amazon and everything. Um, and, but probably the best thing is just to go to my website, which is sunshine-parenting.com. That's kind of the hub for like, you know, my podcast, my book, everything is on there. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time. Thanks for following us and for being on the show. Uh, you added so much value. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Great stuff from Audrey. I trust you got some value out of it. I mean, for me, it was focus on our kids as a person. And when we do that, um, we are setting them up to win. We, they feel connected to us. Uh, they feel a sense of belonging. They feel accepted for who they are. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what helps us succeed. So I think that was a good tip from her. All right, let's wrap up the way we wrap up every single week. And that is we go to the kids' corner. This is where our second grader, Naomi, will share with you what she's thinking about. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the kids' corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi Shaw. And today I will be talking about... It's not bad that you're asking so many questions. It's good for you to ask questions. Because if you ask a question and you get an answer, that's really good. But if you ask a question and you don't get the answer, that's still good that you wanted to know. And it's okay if you ask too many questions because there's no such thing as too many questions. My favorite part about asking questions is just having fun about asking somebody you do not know about questions. And you might learn something new. That's it for Miss Corner. Have a great day. Bye. Well, that's good. She likes to ask questions. And let me tell you, she does. And uh, boy, we could do a whole podcast on that, about just letting them ask those questions instead of shutting them down. So very cool. Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time out to listen to Positively Dad today. I trust you got some value out of our conversation. That's what my goal is, is to help us grow as parents, partners, and people. And I think we did that today. If you liked it, would you share this podcast with somebody that you know who you think might enjoy it as well? That would be awesome. Then connect with us too. We're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And then finally, if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, send me an email, james at positivelydad.com, and we'll connect and make it happen. All right, that's it for this week. I'm James Shaw. Thanks for listening to Positively Dad. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.